Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Cole Stratton. What? Ah! Guys, we're doing this in the nighttime. (laughs) It's a little different for us. I'm hopped up on Dayquil and maybe I've had a little wine. Most of our nighttime ones have either been the end of the year ones. Yeah. Or like a live show somewhere. Yeah, this may be actually our first evening podcast. We've done a few, isn't but a very one. few. I don't even remember them at this point. Usually we do it in the late mornings. That's yeah. usually when we do this thing. So this is a whole new vibe, That's and right. I'm pretending to be Cole all night. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa After Dark is Cole, Cole Stratton. Stratton. Hey, call in. I'd love to talk to you about... It's what no one facts. wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, we got a great guest today, Jess Harnell, who's yep. an amazing voiceover artist, uh, Wacko Warner. From oh my Animaniacs. gosh, we're collecting them all. Yeah, tons of other stuff drawn together. Um, God, just a ton of things. Doc McStuffins. Like, if yep. you watched a cartoon with a kid, you're hearing his voice. Yep. And if you watched a cartoon as a kid, you've heard his voice. Yep. And, uh, we, you know, we forget to do these sometimes, but I like to do listener giveaways. And so oh, I'm going to have yeah. him sign uh, an Animaniacs box set, which oh uh, Rob Paulson's already signed. I'm so jealous. So if you guys want to win that, leave your answer to the first question on our website, uh, which uh, you'll hear in the episode at some point, and uh, we'll pick somebody out of there who gives an answer we like or at random (laughs) one of those two, and uh, you can get the Animaniacs box set signed by both Rob Paulson, who is Yakko. And our guest today, Jess Harnell, who is wacko. Wacko. Uh, And our website is popmyculturepodcast.com. And Cole and I, Cole Stratton, eligible to win that. You are not, Vanessa. Okay. I am Cole Stratton. I am wearing a button down and glasses. <laughs> no, we're in trouble. Sometimes I have a beard. Sometimes I do not have a I beard. I mostly have the beard. It's, it hasn't gone away in a while. You're right. Hmm. Yeah, it's, been, it's been like maybe two years. I met you sans beard, so I think yeah. in my head you I always... didn't have a beard for most of my life. Wow. <laughs> there you go. You are a unique man. I was born a small child in Michigan with a beard. <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast, you guys. Just a tiny bit of housekeeping, then we'll get right to Jess. If you like the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. It's so easy. You go to iTunes and you click the fifth star to the right straight on till morning and write, <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was having a rough day and it's turned it around. <laughs> no, there's been there's another person who did the, exactly what you said. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah so it's kind of funny when people oh, do good. that. So feel free um, to use those exact words if you want. <laughs> I have completely stopped ever looking at them. I know. My heart was broken too many times. <laughs> <laughs> but overwhelmingly, you guys have been very nice to yes. us, and we really appreciate it. And um, we, we've been doing this show for five years now, oh. which is crazy to think. Yeah. And we have one-third of the episodes that Nerdist has. <laughs> but we're doing our best, guys. We're coming on. We'll be at 200 within the next couple months. Yeah, so which is exciting. That's pretty we're cool. We're going to do something special for that. Yeah. Um, if you like the show as well, you can email us. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. Even if you don't like the show, you can still email us. Yeah. But we prefer to read nice email. But we do write back to mean letters, too. <laughs> too. Guest suggestions always welcome. We're in Los Angeles, so hopefully that person is near this area or will be at some point. Yeah. Um, or you're going to pay our airfare to China, baby. If we get one more write-in for Chinese interviews, we can't afford <laughs> to go to China right now. <laughs> oh, my. Um, also, uh, let's see what else. You, oh, we're listener-supported. Oh, we are. And there's an easy way to do that support. If you go to our website, popmyculturepodcast.com, there's a little donate icon on the top right. It's an icon, but on the internet, it's a button, and you can click it. That's right. Any amount appreciated, and we'll give you a shout-out on a future episode if you donate, Yeah, uh, which uh, we'll do uh, probably next one. Yeah, I can't wait. That's our guess. And if you give over $50, we send you a picture of boobs. Do we? I don't know whose boobs. Just, I haven't ever put that boobs. incentive out there, but like anything with nipples is considered a boob. All right. If you want that, <laughs> if you donate the 50 bucks, put in the comments, I want boobs, we'll send we'll you a photo send you of boobs. boobs. I'm thinking cow boobs. So I don't want anyone to be disappointed. But a milky cow boob is pretty good. Utter nonsense. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) I'll be in the car. (laughs) All right. Let's just get to it, shall we? Yeah. All right. Here's our guest. Jess Rennell, guys. Have fun. Here we go. Wait. Uh, Our guest today, well, he's an amazing voiceover artist. If you've watched, like, a cartoon ever, you've heard (laughs) his voice. Uh, Very famously, Wacko Warner from The Animaniacs, which is a show that we all enjoy. Near and dear to our Uh, hearts. Tons of other things, which we'll be talking about. Jess Rennell is here. Jess, how are you? I am fantastic. I'm so happy to be here with you guys, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so excited. 
excited. Thanks for being here. We have heard your praises sung by the lovely Rob Paulson forever. I've, I've heard of him. I've yeah, heard of him. Yeah, he, he apparently works sometimes too. He's doing yeah. it. Yeah, he but he's got a bad attitude, so that's not going to last. <laughs> you know, ever since Rob got out of prison, though, I think he has a new perspective on life. Plus, now that he's decided to live as Caitlin Paulson, I think he's finally <laughs> with a come, K. Yeah, 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 coming to terms with who he is, and I couldn't be prouder of him. I love you, Rob. But oh. he, you know, he can talk about license plate manufacturing for hours. <laughs> yes, he can. And he got really good at that in the joint. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's start with this uh, kind of goofy story. Okay. Uh, Hitchbot. I don't know if you read about this. No. It's a hitchhiking robot. Wow. That I'm was interested already. So far, so good. <laughs> okay. It was built uh, in Canada, okay. and it's it's a Canadian hitchhiking robot that successfully hitchhiked through Europe and Canada. So they put him down. They put this robot like by down. itself. By Nobody itself. Was... Yeah, that's what Cole was telling me about this, and I was like asking a lot of questions. I eventually so, looked it up, but yeah, it goes on its own. It goes on its own. It's it, people it, put it somewhere. People, and then yeah. it goes on a journey, and then it documents the journey. <laughs> and okay, stuff. okay, okay. But when they drop him off in his new location, do these same people have to meet him there to set him up for his next thing, or does he? No, it's all it on his own? humans. Uh, Passing him across, yeah, the idea like across is that Europe. You take him wherever he's supposed to go, and then you put him at the side of the road in a lawn chair, and then somebody else picks him up. Wow, but he's not like checking into hostels and stuff, no. right? Because that'd just be strange. <laughs> that would be weird. All right. But here's the sad thing. After successfully navigating Canada and Europe, yeah. it was time for him to Like all of Europe. Across, okay. Across the USA. It was time for him to hit the States. All right. When he got to Philly... He was dismantled. He was dismantled. Somebody <laughs> pulled his head off and his arms off and left him at the side of the now, road see, in a heap. Man, this is just messed up because I've spent time in Philly and I know those people have their problems, but dismantling a hitchhiking robot, man, are there You've no You've got to be dark. You've got to be yeah, cold. this is messed head. up. Seriously. But at the so, same time, we were watching the video about him on his mm-hmm. website, or her website. The voice is a bit But now it's in memorium. they got the soft music yeah, yeah. thing up the yeah. Oscars. Sarah McLaughlin. Like, I can't music. believe I am dead. I'll never hitchhike again. You know, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking I wouldn't stop for it. You in wouldn't? this world, it's too scary to think like I would be like, I oh, that's a bomb. I think there was a dude in there. I think there was a dude in the suit. Yeah. Yeah, who would be waiting for you in particular to pick him up. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, oh, yeah, me and Cole, he wouldn't mind, but he'd be waiting. We, right. We'd pull up, he'd be like, no, thank you. I'll wait for the next car. There is a redhead coming. Yeah, that's, see, <laughs> okay. Because he'd right. be a smart dude in a robot suit. <laughs> I think it'd be funny if they programmed it to just be like really annoying. <laughs> yeah. like, how long Are we there yet? Are we there yet? in general are known for their social skills. You know what I mean? In terms of being annoying because they're just basically sort of like every time you know what's funny in voiceover man is you know you get a script and if it says robot we all are going to do the same thing yeah. I mean eventually we might put some sort of weird spin on it like mm-hmm. DiMaggio did with Bender but I mean our first impulse is to go oh my I am a robot I am here to serve mm-hmm. it's the same when you right. see a pirate you immediately start going oh, we've got this retrieve the treasure you know you start yeah. filling in the pirate stuff it's just the universal language of those words man I just wish I wish they had made him annoying that would have been maybe he was annoying maybe like, that's maybe why they just did it. Yeah. maybe he was constantly going like what kind of gas mileage does this get <laughs> or is maybe he was like curious? very Canadian because he was Nine. Bottles of beer on the wall. See what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the only song he knows by '72. I'd want to rip his head off. (laughs) But there was a surveillance footage video that came out. So two YouTubers, I guess, picked it up. Okay, and then so they were the last ones to see it alive. Right, and then all of the surveillance footage came out that looked super (laughs) fake and crappy. And like, there's not, there wouldn't have been a a surveillance camera there, so that was staged. Oh, so now they're wondering. All right, were, were these YouTubers the ones that did this, and then they dismantled the robot because it would make a good story? So, you know, you got to get on this is John Walsh, America's Most Wanted. Right? Have him oh. find the robot dismantlers. You know, put some sort of bounty on, get Dog the Bounty Hunter. It could be like a reality show convergence of people trying to figure out who did this to the robot. Yeah. Oh, this is good. I mean, see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm a forward thinker, man. Seriously, by the end of this thing, we're going to have some revolution. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to get angel investors now because I, this do, is going to be big. Well, when we bring in the money, that's when I really get interested. So, all right, you're human. Nice. After all, you're not a robot. Sure, sure. I'm not really a cartoon. I just play one on TV. Is America's Most Wanted still on the air? Is it still trucking along? I I did an episode. I reenacted on that show. Shut up. No, you didn't. I did. Uh, Back in the late 90s. Who did you reenact? I was one of the victims of the Zodiac Killer. Why wouldn't you be? Uh, Yeah, that's a good one, dude. If you're going to get killed by somebody, have it be somebody. It's one of the guys that survived. Yeah, of course. It's Mike Majot, who like he was with his girlfriend making up by the lake, and then they both got shot. He survived. He went to a a payphone, and then he's a. And you were him, or you were the girlfriend? I was him. Okay. So I got shot, like okay. blanks and like wow. hazard pain. It was wow. fun. Nice. It was interesting, but 
um, like when the movie Zodiac came out, I was interested to see it because like that guy is like a total hermit. Like he just oh, in real just, life, yeah, yeah. Well, that, just, like, that's going to mess you yeah, up. Yeah, fucked him up, so he just, yeah. he just you know doesn't. Yeah, you're not going to leave the house a lot anymore. Was he right. Plus, you're not going to read the horoscopes because that's going to that's ruined. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know you no longer have any interest in that. Somebody asks you what your sign is, you run screaming for the bedroom. That's why you don't leave the house. That's why you never find love. It's all making sense because love is written in the stars. Yeah, because let's face it, if there's if there's one thing I know in this life, it's that every every twelve twelve person has the exact same stuff happening to them <laughs> on that month or that week, man, all over the world. You know, it's going to be a good day for career choices <laughs> for everybody who was born in November, man. That's irrefutable. Yeah. yeah, man, there's no question. There's just no question. <laughs> what was interesting about, like, reenacting is because I was, like, I was like totally into it. I was like, this is hilarious. I'm really? reenacting. This is hilarious. This I'm reenacting is a serial killer. Death. Right. But, like, because America's <laughs> Most Wanted, it's like a public service because they're really trying to capture these. Criminals. And they did, yeah, and they totally do. Yeah. But you get as an actor, you get a session fee, you get a day fee, and that's it. Yeah. You don't see a penny after that because oh, no it's, residuals. It's considered like, like the Brady public, Bunch. Yeah, it's yeah. considered like public service because yeah. they're trying to catch killers. Yeah. So they, you know, they aired that for you know 15 years after there you go. The Zodiac. It's like one go. of the biggest unsolved mysteries ever. But, you know, Surprisingly, here's penny. a little factoid for you that a lot of people don't know. My introduction into doing my current line of work was doing the voice of Br'er Rabbit on Splash Mountain at Disneyland. Awesome. Now, honestly, at that point in my life, the only thing I cared about when they offered me the job was, well, I can take girls on this ride and tell them that's my voice. How awesome is that yeah. going to be? Right. You get no residuals, and they own that stuff forever ever. and ever really? and ever. Yeah, and I still am thrilled to do it, honestly, even all yeah. these years later. Because whenever you do something for the park – in all seriousness, and I know I say a lot of goofy stuff, but in all seriousness, you know that it's making people happy. It's part yeah. of that experience. Exactly. Yeah. And, it's, and it's like it's so much cooler to be a force for good than it is a force for evil. So I like doing stuff that makes people happy. But, yeah, they pay you one time, one session fee, and for the next 150 years, man, they're playing that. Do you get a, like, forever admission to the parks? No, but, you no. know, I don't officially. The the, the big five do. The, uh, the Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, Pluto. And Goofy and Pluto are the same guys, so it's, I guess, the big four. They get the lifetime membership but it's cool because I can make a phone call and they, and I get hooked and you'll up. get some, yeah. I get I get hooked up, which is nice, you know. And if Mickey ever dies, no, you know what? It's funny you say that because <laughs> Mickey did pass away, and it's like he was actually a really good buddy of mine. Here's a cool thing: I'm just spouting out all yeah, kinds totally. of interesting yeah, facts yeah, yeah, for yeah. you guys. Pop culture. So the guy who did the voice of Mickey Mouse for like 30 years was this guy named Wayne Allwine, and he happened to meet a voiceover actress and fall in love and marry her. And her name is Rusi Taylor, and she's the voice of Minnie Mouse. So Mickey and Minnie were married for like 30 no. years. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? That's so great. And now, you know, now Wayne passed away. I, I forget exactly the terms, uh, you know, what, what happened. He got sick. Did and he Minnie passed marry the next Mickey? No, she did not. Okay. In fact, you know what is so amazing, you guys? Seriously speaking, these two people were so in love. I mean, ridiculously in love, embarrassingly in love. Like, she would say things to me when we were recording watching him in the booth, and I'd be like, wow, Minnie, you really shouldn't talk like this, you know? But I mean, but they loved each other so much, and as far as she's concerned, it's only a matter of time until they're going to be together again. Oh, I love Isn't that. Isn't that amazing? That's and she's so like, she's like, I'm, I've been there, I'm good, and oh. I'll wait and I'll see him again. It's just like, whoa! And beautiful. I love that stuff. And then so it's great. from Mickey and Minnie. Mickey and Minnie. Oh, my god! Isn't, isn't that too cool? I took my little baby to Disney two weeks ago. Yeah? Um, was, it, was it, like, shocking, or did he enjoy it? He enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. We, like, we went with him in mind. So yeah. it wasn't like, we're going to ride... We're going on Star Trek. Yeah, let's put him on Space Mountain in the dark. <laughs> Don't get a churro, kid. I'm going to go on this ride. He like, loved meeting the characters so much. Really? Because they're like big stuffed animals. And he doesn't have, maybe he will later, but he doesn't have the thing where he's afraid of like Santa or any of those. Yeah. So when we would... Because he doesn't know fear yet. Yeah, and dude. he would uh, go to the... Like the characters, like to Chip and Dale, and he just like hugged their faces, Aww. and we waited forever for the mini or the Mickey experience at Mickey's house. Yeah, 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 and sometimes he loved Mickey Mouse so much. I know, isn't that weird? And the guy in the Mickey Mouse suit is playing peekaboo with him, Aww. and it was just like. This is the best. By the feeling. way, you know what's funny? It wasn't a guy; it was a robot. And that <laughs> robot used to be a hitchhiker, and yeah. now he's got a new gig at Disneyland. Everything goes full circle. There oh it my is. gosh, what a beautiful <laughs> world! It it's a beautiful so world. Cool. I think about about that Mickey thing in Toontown. We're yeah. going to Mickey's house to meet him. They build him up so much. Oh yeah, because you, you, you go, you go like room to room to room to room. They're like, you're going to meet Mickey soon. Oh, he's oh yeah, yeah. They, oh, here's a little bit more about Mickey's past. Yeah. Oh, here's his study. Look, and any minute, any minute. Oh, Mickey's going to be here. Oh boy! And next thing you know, him. 
And then you finally get there, and it's like, well, of course. And it's then like, you're like being shuttered to take a picture really it's quickly. It's like when, uh, when Orson Welles finally shows up in The Third Man. They've been talking about him for an hour and a half. And then he walks out of the shadows, and he's the, the coolest entrance ever. Of course. Because it built up to it. Because there's all this preamble. Yeah. That's why that before works. I do every single session now, I have a dude who goes in an hour ahead of me and goes, you're not going to believe him. He's unbelievable. He's so great. He's and almost that, here. He's, he's, he's in almost, a little bit of he's traffic. He's in the car. He's parking. And then by the time I get in, it's like, wow. Of course, it never lives up to expectations. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> At least you start off on the high note. I start off on a high note, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Welcome to my world, man. There it is. Uh, let's talk about Mick Fanning. This is a funny thing. Okay, yes. So Mick Fanning is this, uh, he's a, a professional surfer. Okay. Um, and he was in South Africa doing some sort of surfing competition. He got attacked by a shark, and the video went viral. I don't know if you saw did this. You see I that? heard about this. I did not see it. It yanks onto his board pretty good. And his he board, starts, not him. I, I think his board. I don't his think board, it's him. Because you can get a new it, board. It, you can't it, get a new Mick Fanning. That's well, true. Well, got right. him. I mean, he it yanked on the board and got his cord that he was attached to the board, which right. pulled him under and, like, bit the cord off. Like, that got chewed off. Wow. And then, like, there's he's underwater. The shark, you see, like, thrashing. And then he, like, emerges. Fine. Oh, cool. Spielberg uh, would have paid for that yeah, shot in 1976. Like, right. Please. Yeah, that Bruce the shark misbehaved and hardly ever did anything. Very badly, but it, they made down. it work, man. They, they did. made it work. They did. By using less shots of that shark. You, again. It's you scarier. Feel, it's like yeah. Mickey Mouse. They could have had Mickey Mouse swimming around under mm-hmm. the water. It would have been much less scary, but somehow satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, doing chum of uh, cheese into yeah. the sea. And play exactly. Bubba. Chum is such a gross word. Chum is a gross word. <laughs> it's not yeah. a good word. Chum's not a sexy word. No. It's not. Yeah. I, I just let's chummed. Chum for dinner. Uh, you know, there's just nothing I was taking sexy. a bath and I chummed uh, myself. Yeah, so I was, that. this is a weird aside, but I was in a band in high school and we did this thing where we were trying to come up with a name. So we did the random dictionary method where you just open up to a page, That's, put in a word. It's worked for a lot of people. Go to another page, put and then put them together, right? So we had a long laundry Co-dependent list of things. Codependent Smurf got their name that way. There you go. <laughs> so we had stuff that we rejected. We, the thing we picked was stupid, but the other stuff was <laughs> What'd like. What'd you pick? What'd you pick? Sun Decree, which I'm not a fan of. It's all a. It suggests fish and Grateful Dead a lot of Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But there was things that were like, these are all random combinations. There was like yeah. stinkweed gelatin, <laughs> privileged concentration camp, which is pretty hilarious. You know, Bill, Bill Cosby has one called Jello Potion, man. Yeah, yeah. It's just a whole other <laughs> thing. Uh-huh. You see? Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, couldn't resist. <laughs> Pandora, Pandora stock option was one. Nice. But the, the grossest, funniest one to me Here that I go. still love, yeah. it's so gross, but it's so funny, is mattress chowder. Oh, Ew. you see, again. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's hilarious. Again, this suggests a lot of stuff that I, know, I can't really talk does. about because I work for Disney. Yeah. What does it suggest? Just like soup in bed, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's all it is. Sure. I mean, that is gross. Mattress sure. right. chowder. You know, I think if I was going to be a male exotic dancer, that's the name I would use. Oh, no. Mattress chowder. You're never going to pay <laughs> your bills, baby. What, what, listen, don't, don't put anything past me. Because I will take over this joint. I'm serious. No. I don't want to dance. I need to dance. Well, mattress chowder is back and he's angsty. <laughs> Coming yeah. back to Des Moines. There tomorrow. it is. <laughs> so this Fanning dude, he finally got back in the yeah, water. I forgot about Mick. And his first, back in Australia, and his first time back in the water, a shark surfaced. Didn't attack him, but was swimming like near him. him. It was like, what are you wearing? What is, why do sharks You're love you done, so much? Buddy. Time You're to done. get a different cologne. Yeah, I yeah, guess. It's like, you know, you, you elude that bullet once. Well, the bullet, there's another bullet in the gun. That's basically, did he die? Did he get, did he no. get? No, it, did, it didn't attack him. It just like <laughs> surfaced and was swimming around him, I guess. But it's just like, Jesus, dude. Well, I'll just well, say, you know, like, is cool, he like the, bleeding when he's going into the water? No, I was going to say, the cool thing about this guy, though, is he's obviously a thrill seeker. And I don't know if you guys saw this. The follow-up story is that Mick's next thing is he's going to actually go in the water covered in steak. He's going to buy the Lady Gaga meat suit and pour fresh blood over it and jump in the water, and that's going to be what he does yeah, next week. Oh, Lady Gaga wetsuits just are not a good idea. I know. Well, just... you know let's, yeah, let's face it. There's a lot of things about Lady Gaga that aren't a good idea. Next question. Hey, yo. <laughs> Moving on. John, uh, over here on sound, has been attacked repeatedly by mockingbirds, but he keeps living his life like seven times in the last six weeks. Well, well, all I can say is this. I didn't know John until 20 minutes ago when he moved his car so mm-hmm. I could park. So, John, if any mockingbirds attack you on my beat. I will take them out. I will destroy them oh. with extreme prejudice. I will take care of them. <laughs> Fantastic. I will do it. I'll be there, John. Man, seriously, no. This is what he means. Stay away from the mockingbirds, John. <laughs> Just go diving for sharks. With they Nick know Fanning. faces. Like it, they're they like do? crows. They can. They have facial recognition and they talk amongst themselves. So you this piss one off. This is of you now. Yeah. No, right? Well, I've looked into it. It's real. Because I guess it was nesting season. He walked too close to one of their nests. So uh-huh. word gets around the neighborhood. This blonde guy's got big ideas. Wow. <laughs> then, was he walking around with a copy of 
tribute to Kill a Mockingbird, and they just saw the cover, and they're like, oh. <laughs> Very nice. No, Let's go get this that, guy. Uh, Very it was nice. Her other book, the KKK one. The new one? Yeah. The, to KKK a Mockingbird? The, I never yeah. saw that one. Yeah. To kill That would not be a good book. It did bring bands up. You're a band guy. You have a band currently, Rock Sugar. Oh, God, dude. What a crazy thing that is, huh? How did that come about? Dude, okay, for any of you guys listening, I mean, if you guys are listening to this and you're familiar with me, you probably already know about Rock Sugar, but those who don't, this is just proof of the fact that all it takes to ever end up making a lot of money is to come up with an idea stupid enough that nobody thought of it before you and do it because I had been trying my whole life it's really funny my whole life i had thought that that was going to be my path you know because i love singing rock music i always have that's my first love it's what i do and i've always done and wrote all these great songs that were in every bit worthy to be on a bon jovi or def leppard album whether that's a good thing or a bad thing depends (laughs) on your perspective but they were all these melodic rock anthems and they were great never made any money Never made any money. And then this voiceover thing happened and, and kicked in, and God bless America, here we are, and we're talking to each other. Well, I never gave up loving bands. And there was a band here in Los Angeles who used to be called Metal School. They're now called Steel Panther, and they had quite a, they have quite a presence worldwide. And they used to be a cover band. And I went and saw these guys a lot, and they'd always get me up to sing. They usually got me up to sing Journey, because apparently I sing Journey very, very well, almost to the point of legal action being taken against me for singing Journey uh-huh. so well. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. But anyhow, I, 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 so I'm singing... With these guys, and I'm thinking, people are going, man, you should do something like this. You should do something like this. And I thought, well, they're already doing the cover band thing so well, there's no reason for another one. And I don't want to do a tribute band. Not that I have anything against tribute bands because they're cool. But if if you're in a tribute band of ACDC or of Journey or whoever and they're still touring – you right, know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I get the Led Zeppelin thing and the Doors thing and the Beatles thing because you can't see those guys. But if the band's still around, so I thought, well, I don't really want to do it. And then I thought, you know, what would be funny, though, man, is if there was some band in the late '80s that was like as hair band as hair band could be, and they got hired to play a bat mitzvah. <laughs> on a yacht. My backstory is very detailed. Yeah. And, and they got they got hired to, to play a bat mitzvah on a yacht for a 13 year old girl who thought they were a boy band. Okay. Well, they get on and they're pure metal and they're singing songs like "Bang You Like a Drum," "Nail You Like a Hammer," like songs like that. And these little girls are getting very, very upset to the point that eventually a riot breaks out and the band gets in a fist fight with everybody else in the boat and the boat sinks. Okay, the yacht sinks and they won't let the band on a life raft. So the band makes it to an island and all they have to listen to, they, all they have to live off of for 20 years, this is fictional, folks. And, but what the best part is, by the way, quick sidebar, is for the first year we were touring, people who read this story came up to me and go, dude, congratulations for making it on that island <laughs> oh, for 20 years. And I'm like, yeah, I'll tell Gilligan you said hello. But in any event, all they had to, to live off of was schnapps and all they had to listen to was a 13-year-old girl's CD collection from the 80s. So in other words, all they listened to was Journey and Rick Springfield oh and Paula Abdul and Till Tuesday and, and, and stuff like that. And then they get rescued in 2009 and they think that this stuff is metal. They think Madonna is metal and Rick Springfield is metal and all this stuff. So put it this way, man. Our first gig was like a warm-up gig in front of like a thousand people and our second gig was in front of Motley Crue in front of 20,000 people. Amazing. It's, like, oh, it's wow. like the thing just took off with like turbochargers on it and you end up having the people who you idolized as a kid asking to have you play in front of them and watching you from the side of the stage and when you get off they go, dude, you're my favorite band. That's and it's just, amazing. It's crazy. It's crazy and the thing is actually... I always am fond of saying that if I wasn't in this band, so if you ever liked anything about the 80s, guys, go on YouTube and put in Rock Sugar and prepare to have your head explode. Mm. Um, if I was not in this band, I'd be a fan of the band because it's so fun and it's so stupid, but we act like it's not. Right. We take it Which is the only way to do seriously. it. Yeah. Exactly. And you haven't lived until you've looked out. The biggest show we ever played was 100,000 people. We were opening for ACDC in England. Oh, and you haven't yeah. lived until you look out and you see all these badass metal guys with like mutton chops and huge mustaches with their fists in the air singing along to Madonna's like a prayer because you're singing it over ACDC's You Shook Me All Night Long. Oh, my and, gosh. And now it's called Shook Me Like a Prayer. So that's the story of Rock Sugar. And it's, it's great because everything comes full circle. And it's like in my life, I was always like, man, I love my job. I love doing voiceover. It's the greatest thing ever. Still love to be a rock star. And I know yeah. all these rock stars, they're my friends. Well, now I got to have this experience. And it's like, 
it just doesn't. I'm like a cartoon rock star. It doesn't get any better than this. That's you know the most fun. I don't know, and right? so much joy Amazing. that you're Absolutely. getting to bring to people. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and, and people and people love it, and and they're hearing you know they're hearing Jesse's girl over Crazy Train, and they're oh. digging it, man. <laughs> you know I mean? Well, it also probably eliminates <laughs> a lot of the darkness that would come if it was a real rock. Absolutely, life because there's a lot of competition and a lot of all those things. Nobody else and is this doing is this. Just like, yeah. and come like, with us, play. Right, exactly, and it's also like a surprise party where there's a surprise every thirty seconds because some of the songs have like four songs in them yeah and you know these songs that we do what's great about it is they're everybody else's final song it's like it's they're all showstoppers so as soon as you hear the beginning of pour some sugar on me Mm-mm. you know exactly where it's going and when that first verse comes up everybody's getting ready to go love is like a bomb baby but instead it's saw her standing there by the record machine oh and it fits perfectly over it so it's That's like, so cool. I love sugar on me, becomes pour some sugar on me with I love rock and roll. So it's a really so awesome rad. thing, man. Like I said, if I wasn't in it, I'd go see it. If you're not in it, go see it. There you go. When's the next time people could see it? You know what's awesome is we took a year off uh, because my guitar player got sick of it, believe it or not, because it was taking too much of his time. But our first gig back is going to be in September in Salt Lake City at... And I, I, I hope I'm not scooping those guys. By the time this comes out, it'll probably be announced anyway. But the Salt Lake City Comic Con, I do a lot of Comic Cons, mm-hmm. and believe me, I can tell you a lot of stories about Comic Cons. Um, we're going to be playing at that Comic Con, which pulls 100,000 people, so that should be a big oh show. Oh my gosh, right. that's awesome. Yeah, so we're coming back. And congratulations. Sweet. Thanks, what man. It's awesome. It's good to be me. For good. <laughs> yeah, I should have brought, brought you a CD. Have you heard it yet? Have you heard it I haven't, no. I did a little bit of research. All right, listen. Did you watch some of the videos and not stuff? Not yet. No, oh, you did. Dude, trust me. It's, it it's, it's better than anticipated. And, and uh, like no, I I've said. watched videos. Did you like, see it? So amazing. you know. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you know. People who you think wouldn't have a sense of humor about it. Like, I was really nervous. We do a thing in a, in concert where I teach people to imitate Axl Rose because mm-hmm. he's so imitatable. And and, uh, and and I was like, oh, I hope, you know, if he hears this, I wonder if he's going to get mad or something because I'm totally imitating him. And I heard from somebody, they go, no, he loved it, man. He thought it was great. So you never, awesome. you never can I mean, tell. Rock stars are weird. Like, I remember seeing I mean, on U2's Pop Mart tour, which is like yeah. late early 90s I think right. they were playing the Oakland Coliseum and I was seeing that and Oasis opened and this is Oasis when they're just the first albums I don't even think Wonderwall is a thing they yet, didn't right? have a lot of sense of humor about none, none yeah. <laughs> and I remember like the 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 place was like maybe like a 20th full, you know, it's like not because it's early, you know. Oh, okay, because people hadn't shown up yeah. for the U2 thing. Yet. Right. I so it. like there's maybe like a, a thousand, two thousand people there in oh. like a 40,000 thing. Right, right. And they're milling around getting beer. Right. Exactly. Right. So they're playing. And I just remember thinking like just laughing at whatever Noel or Liam, which I can't remember who sings. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Liam. Saying, Liam. He walks up there and, and I, the, my favorite thing he said was he, he goes, the, I oh, quote, God, here we I go. I've never forgotten this. All right, this is a song off our new album. No surprise, it's fucking tight. I'm like, whoa. Wow. Well, there you wow. go. That's how to endear yourself yeah. to the audience Someone right loves there. themselves. He's trying right? to build his own Mickey house. Dude, but no, you know what? Exactly. Somebody else has to build the Mickey house. And there's okay? no yeah. kids waiting to get into that yeah. Mickey house. With an attitude like that, mister. They're so going to minis. Straighten up, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> no surprise. It's yeah. fucking tight. Well, oh, right. <laughs> killed me. From so the mouth of that. Oasis. We need, Never they need to make that. band panties. I don't think they'd have enough sense of humor to do that. No, I don't think so. very well. No surprise. They're fucking tight. That was also that yeah right you see that was also one of those situations I love bands I always think it's great when bands hate each other because I oh, just yeah. think it's funny you know yeah. I mean I could tell you I, I shouldn't but I could tell you there's some some bands where like they literally have to bring the guys in separate cars on separate planes they go in separate doors and they have the backstage cordoned off so they don't have to what see a each, privilege you know. to have this kind of rivalry yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh, go for speaking it speaking of that you know who's funny like that are the guys in Kiss these guys crack me up. Because first of all, I think anybody who's 70 years old and dressed up like Bozo the Clown and making $100 million is freaking awesome just out of the gate. But it's like I, I like to imitate Paul Stanley. You know Paul Stanley? Yeah. And Paul Stanley, when you just said that word, he, he ran into a buddy of mine. I just saw this friend of mine today, um, Fred Corey, who plays drums in Cinderella. You probably remember Cinderella, 80s metal band. And, uh, and uh, he saw Paul recently at like a coffee bean or something. And Paul comes walking in and Fred tells the story so great. But he goes, he goes, yeah, I saw Paul. And I go, hey, Paul, how you doing? And I don't know if you've heard Paul talk, but he talks kind of like a Long Island Housewife or something like that. It's like, yeah, Kiss is the greatest thing ever, you know. And so Fred comes over to Paul and he goes, hey, Paul, you know, we just played in Russia for like 50,000 people. It was the real privilege. And Paul stirs his drink and looks Fred in the eye and goes, yeah, a privilege for some. And walks away because for him it's just another day in the office. Oh like, you know? But it's like, it's like this is this is the thing, man. I don't ever want anything to become like boring to me. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like every single day I get to go and do stuff that I would do anyway. Yeah. 
and they throw money at me for it. So and cool. it's like, bro. And I also have in very clear perspective how many people are great at what I do who aren't doing it. Yeah. You know, so the fact that I continue to. That's rad. Yeah, man. It's like I, I can't. I can't believe. I mean, like, you know, uh, pop culture wise, you know who said something great to me was Barry Williams, who played Greg Brady, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, this thing became so iconic, and obviously the Brady Bunch is the Brady Bunch, right? And I actually had a meal with a guy once upon a time, and like four people came over to him and were like, Greg, you know, and they're calling him Greg, and they're going, you know, do you still keep in touch with Marsha and everything? And they're all tripping out. And he walked, they walked away, and I said to him, I go, hey, man, I go, does that ever get tired? I mean, seriously, do you get to get burnt on that? Yeah. And he made a great analogy, and he said, you know what's weird, man? He said, imagine if in high school you were on your football team in senior year, and you scored the winning touchdown, okay? And the team hoisted you up on their shoulders, and the picture was on the cover of the paper, and everybody talked about it, and you were the local hero, and it was the best summer of your life. And I said, yeah. And he goes, now imagine if that's the only thing people wanted to talk to you about for the rest of your life. Mm. He goes, it's a mixed blessing. At least they want to talk to me about something. But in a way, I wish that there was more to it, you know? Yeah. And, and what I'm always tripping on with my, with my stuff is that I have been blessed enough that, like Animaniacs, let's say that was the first really big cartoon that I did. Yeah. People come up to me all the time and say, that was my childhood, that was my childhood, that was my childhood. Well, I've been blessed enough to work consistently since. Right now, I'm on these two shows, Doc McStuffins and Sophia the First. They're for little kids. And they're yeah. huge they're for little kids. Huge. Huge. It, they're so big, it's like ridiculous how big these shows are. I mean, like, like Sophia the First debuted in China. It was the most watched TV show in the history of China. Wow. Like, oh not gosh. cartoon, ever. And, and so it's like, in 20 years from now, people will come up and go, dude, you were my childhood because of this. Yeah. And it's like, what an awesome thing, man. It's like, to, to be able to do it once is a miracle. To be able to do it a hundred times is freaking unheard of. And such different yeah. characters, too. Oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, the kind of people that you, and characters that you're getting to do for different people's childhood. It's amazing. Isn't it like, weird? I'm all those people for people. That's amazing. Yeah, thank so you. That's cool. very sweet of you. Thank you. I appreciate and that's, it. And that's what I find is great about people like you and Rob and like other people I know that go to cons and do this and do the fan service and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and get it. It's yeah. like... It's the same thing like it pisses me off if like you're a band and you had a big hit song and you won't play your song. Come it's on, like come look, on. you have you're you're, you're yeah. doing a ninety so minute many set. Bands would kill give me five minutes. This one. horrible right. thing. Yeah, give me you five know, minutes. your house that put yeah. your kids in school. Yeah. Exactly. Like just play the song. Oh, exactly. Cool. People come up at the cons, man. And again, there's a million stories I could tell, and I don't want to. I don't want to get too long winded, and I certainly want to accommodate anything you guys want to talk about. But it's like people come up, and something I hear all the time at cons is, "Thanks for being so nice," and I'm always like. There's Dude, a you sad backstory. You yeah. waited in line two hours, and there's not even a roller coaster up here. How could you think I wouldn't be nice? These people, seriously, man, they bought my house. Yeah. You know, not like out from under me and I'm sleeping on the sidewalk. Uh-huh. They let me buy my house. You know, so it's the least I can do is be cool to them and, and be nice to them. And yeah. It's, just, it's, it's an obvious thing. Right. The voiceover community is, like, notoriously good to their people, yeah. too. I think probably because... You, you know, blessed with a little bit of anonymity in a crowd. Oh, so, everybody thinks I'm in White Snake. Go on. <laughs> Not too shabby a fate. <laughs> yeah, too bad. Yeah, you nice can thing. go to the grocery store, yeah. and it's fine. Yeah. You occasionally get you know recognized by people to know, but like you know, most people don't know. Right for the most part. Like so then you right. get to choose to be like, and now I am will await you. <laughs> exactly. And what's really fun is sometimes if you're standing next to people on a checkout line and they're wearing a T-shirt. Oh my of One of your projects and your character's sitting there on their shirt and you're standing next to them. Yeah. That's do you the, break it out? Do you break the voice oh out? Oh, God. I've told this story before, man. I, I don't generally do it because the one time that I did it was a long time ago. It was at Animaniacs time, and I was at Disney World with my mom. And she said there was all these people at Animaniacs gear because the show had just come out. And it was a very, very big show. And my mom's like, she sees this cute little mop top kid online, and she goes, oh, you got to tell him. You got, he's wearing the Animaniacs mm-hmm. shirt. And I'm like, no, I don't want to tell him. You know, she goes, please, please. She's been asking me, oh, it'll oh. be so cute. You'll make his day. You, that's what my mom taught. She goes, you've got to do it. It'll just make him so happy. So I look over at this dude and I go, I go, hey, how you doing? Right. And he looks at me, not like with fear, like, like here, who's this, you know, stranger danger. He was only like 11, but he looks at me like, what the hell are you talking to me And he goes, he goes, he goes, hey. And I go, you like the Animaniacs? And he goes, yeah, Why? And I go, yeah, for real. And I go, well, which one is your favorite? And he goes, wacko. And I go, wacko. I go, it's funny you say that. I said, because I do his voice, right? And he kind of looks at me for a second. He goes, so, so do I, right? <laughs> yeah, for real. And I go, I go, no, no, no. I said, I, I, I actually do it on the show. And he goes, no, you don't. <gasps> Just like that. And I go, no, I do, I do. 
And he goes, he goes, he goes, no, they record that in California because we were at Disney World. And I said, I live in California. And he goes, yeah, okay. Oh, this so is I so take, uncomfortable. I take out my driver's license. This gets so bad, you guys. I take out <laughs> my driver's license. He's an 11-year-old. Yeah, he's 11. And he grew up to be Justin Bieber, which is even weirder. No, he didn't because then I would kill him. I, I said, I said, I said, look, look, look. I said, see, California, driver's license. I live in Los Angeles. He goes, oh, okay. He goes, let me get this straight. If you live in Los Angeles, you have to do his voice. Right? And I go, uh, I go, wait a second, look at this. And I had this picture in my wallet because I was so proud of the show. I had a little picture of me and Wacko, mm-hmm. like that somebody had drawn, like one of the artists. And, and I said, look, look. And he goes, oh, okay. There's a picture of you oh, with him. Oh, he goes, obviously, you're the guy that does it. Right? And this was before Google, so I couldn't Google anything. Uh, right? And I go, okay, I go, what's it going to take for you to believe me? Right? How, how can I prove As it your to mom you? Now watches my, yeah, my mom's like going, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, dear. I'm so, I'll never make you do this. <laughs> right? and, and I go, what's it going to take for you to believe me? And he goes, well, let me hear you do it. Right? And Cole, Vanessa, I never get nervous, ever. I was so freaking nervous because this little bastard, okay? Because now it's like, now there's stakes involved and I have yeah, something right? to prove to him. You know? And I'm like, ugh. I go, okay, wait a minute, man, you know? And I'm like gathering my senses and I go, well, you know, it sure is great to be here at Disney World and I hope you're having a fabu time, right? And he looks at me and he goes, you don't even sound like him. <laughs> That's what he said, dude. And I go, I go, well, let me hear you do it. So he goes, he goes, oh, yeah. he said something to me. And I go, yeah, you do it better than me, right? And he, goes, and he goes, I told you. And that was the end of the encounter. But that's the last time, oh seriously, my that I've ever done that. Because it's like, there's you can't win. No, that is the yeah. worst. Yeah. That, that person is, is also a monster. Yeah, they I, became I, a by monster. By the way, you know what his funny thing is? His name is Nick Manning, and now sharks are trying to eat him. <laughs> so, again, we're go. going full circle. Yes. So, yes. Yes. we worked that out. Speaking of Animaniacs, yes. I mean, such a brilliant show. Holds up to this day. It's Thanks, so man. phenomenal. It is good. Yeah, it's a good show. And what was always good about that show was, is kids like it because it's a goofy, silly cartoon. Yep. But it's loaded with jokes for adults. Absolutely. Joke, joke, joke. Yeah. And just works both ways. Yeah. will always work that way. And that's, I think, was so brilliant about it. Thanks. When you started doing it, did you, like, did you realize early on it was something special? Dude, it's a great, great question. You know, it's like one constant in my life. And again, I say a lot of goofy stuff and I say a lot of stuff that's designed to be funny. But this is something I actually believe in. Whenever you are listeners, whenever you're with people that you love, Mm. whenever you're having like an amazing time in your life, it's so important to kind of look around and soak it in and touch the people you're with and go, man, I wish I could just freeze this because I know how cool this is. Now, Animaniacs was the first big cartoon series that I was a regular on. I had done a lot of voice work for like the year prior. I, I did the Splash Mountain thing and then I took over doing Roger Rabbit and then I guessed it on a bunch of stuff but Animaniacs was the first series regular job that I ever did and Robin Tress who played Yakko and Dot they both Tress McNeil for those who, uh, who don't know but you should know because she's like the queen of voices yes. yeah. yeah unbelievable um, we all knew how good it was mm. and we would sit there in the parking lot afterwards sometimes and just go Soak this up, man. Ugh. Soak this up because they would tell me they go, "It's never going to get better than this." It might well, be I mean, as just good to know this. that Spielberg is like from the That's, beginning. It's like, okay, this is going to be yeah, good. Yeah, and he threw a party for us. It's you know, so cool. it's like what was really cool with that. This is great too. This is a little fun thing. I I, I had back in these days, man. I, I found this airbrush artist who went on. You guys, how cool is this? He went on to be like the highest paid painter in California. He did a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar mural for Madonna. At her house. Whoa. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. And he used to airbrush my jackets. <laughs> okay. So for like 500 bucks. So I've got all these jackets at home that this guy airbrushed. And I had an Animaniacs one done and I wore it to the session. It's like a black leather biker jacket with Animaniacs on it. Well, Rob sees it and Tress sees it. And they're like, oh my gosh, you got to get me one. So we got them one. We got Tom Ruger, the producer. You got him one and Andrea Romano, the voice director. So we're all walking around like an Animaniacs <laughs> gang. You know, <laughs> like we're going to roll old ladies in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. Of course, we never did that. And uh, one day, one of us said, we should get one for Steve. Because we'd met him. He had this unbelievable party. Must have set him back at least $35. Uh, But he had this huge party for us on the Warner's lot where he blew out all the stops to introduce himself and launch the show and all that stuff. So we said, let's get him a jacket. So we got Steven a leather jacket. And we called his assistant. And we said, hey, we we have a jacket for Steven. We'd like to send it over and have it delivered. And she goes, well, hang on a minute. She goes, well, why don't you guys come and give it to him? Hmm. And we're like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Right? And she goes, yeah. She goes, let's set up a lunch. So we're like, cool. Okay, so we went to have lunch with him. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just so stupid. We went to have lunch with him at Amblin Entertainment, which looks like the world's nicest Taco Bell. 
Yes. Okay. It's just like ranch city. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's just awesome. And there he is. And and I'm like I'm a very speak my mind kind of person. And sometimes it works for me, and sometimes it might not. But with Spielberg, when we were sitting there and he started talking, to me, he goes, "So you know, tell me about your background because you know, looking at you, you look like a musician mm. and this and that and the other thing." And he's going on, he's saying some very nice, eloquent things to me. And I literally, the first thing I said privately to him was, "I go." got to be honest with you, man. I didn't hear a word of it because all I could think about was how much money you have in your pocket right now. Mm. Right? That's what I said. And, he, and fortunately, he laughed and it was cool and we became like friendly. Yeah. So we gave him the jacket and he wore the, he wore the jacket that night to the House of Blues and there's pictures of him. Oh. Going so it's so sweet. Well, like eight, nine years later, I'm at another party on the Warner lot, right? For something else. And uh, my date at the party goes, hey, look, Steven Spielberg's here, right? And sure enough, he'd come out of this building and he was shaking hands with the president of Sony, Okay, literally, like the guy, the big, the big guy from Sony, and they're bowing, and he's being very, you know, formal and stuff like that. And she goes, you should go say hi. I'm going, listen, he, yeah, he, the guy meets eight zillion people. I'm sure he has no concept, yeah. and he probably think I was going to like panhandle or something <laughs> like that. So I kind of wander over into his eyesight, and as he's bowing with all these guys from 150 feet away, all of a sudden he goes, oh. Hey, Jess, how you doing? And it was oh so sweet. It was gosh. like 10 years after the that's fact. Amazing. So that's Steven Spielberg. Class but yeah, yeah, class act. But we knew because there was a symphony orchestra on every show. Yeah. And there's these songs and it's winning Emmys and a Peabody Award. I got a Peabody Award. I'm getting a second Peabody Award, you guys, for Doc <gasps> oh. McStuffins. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And, I, and I'm totally not like... I, I am not in any way qualified to get any of this. So, I think you're so, going to have to re-examine that. I think you that, might be. Well, God bless you. But, it, but I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of people that could do my job. But it's like the fact that I get to do it and I get these things. It's just like, seriously, every day I'm like, oh, my God. I, you know, I can't, I can't get over it. It's and crazy. it is, I mean, I imagine that would feel really strange. But it's got to feel so good knowing what you're giving to people. Like, in yes. this crazy yeah. world that we live in with so much darkness. And, like, now there's media that you can't hide your kids from. Like, it's it's... And it gets worse. I mean, it's insane, and it's only going to get worse. You remember that TV show, The Swan? That was like the most evil TV show I've ever, ever seen because basically the the bottom line was if you're not good looking, life's going to suck. But if you get a lot of plastic surgery, look how happy you'll be. Everything's fixed. Everything's fixed. And I'm watching this just going, oh, please don't let any little girls watch this thing, you know? Because it's just awful. So the fact that I can be part of something that makes people happy with the cartoon thing. And laughs and teaches and is like safe. Or makes them rock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so I got yeah. to do both things, which is pretty cool. And you mentioned Andrea Romano, which I the wrote best. down because yeah, uh, I met her at one of Lorraine's parties a couple of years ago. And she's, Lorraine Newman, yeah, love Lorraine Newman. She's a badass yeah. too. Um, and she was super sweet. But then I, she also directed Janet and Cora, and then she directed everything. everything. And, and she has four hundred and seventy-five Emmys. Cole, uh, crazy. Maybe not that many, but, but she's got probably around close. that. If you yeah. round up, yeah, what was it like Emmys. working with her though? Because I've only heard amazing, glowing things from people. Fantastic. It was fantastic working with her. In fact, I don't. Think. In fact, I, I I know I wouldn't have gotten the Animaniacs thing if it wasn't for her. Because really, yeah, for real. Because what happened was I auditioned for it um, just because my agents called me and they said there's this thing Animaniacs Steven Spielberg. I said, well, I got to try yeah. that. And you could read any four parts, and I picked the four parts that I read. I don't remember who the other three were, but obviously I thought Wacko. First of all, he's nuts. Second of all, he doesn't have pants. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, anybody who's pantless and crazy, yeah. this already <laughs> sounds appealing to me. So I read for it. I did some crazy cartoon thing. That's all I did. And I went for the callback. And Rob and Tress both had like 30 callbacks. I only went on one callback. But I think the reason before you think that I'm being um, arrogant, I'm totally not. It, it, it's because I did something so weird that I got the gig, which goes to show you think outside the bun, folks. But I went in there and I did the little voice that I did the first time. And Andrea goes, let's just play. You know, I, you do a lot of impressions. And I go, yeah, yeah. And she goes, she goes, why don't we try like Elvis? I kid you not. So I'm like, you know, hey, hello, nurse, man. You know, I'm like, hey, man, let's have a Fabu cheeseburger or whatever I was saying. Like Elvis, which would have been so weird because, yeah. you know, it's time for Animania. Uh-huh. That's a totally different thing, right? So uh, so then she goes, yeah, she goes, that's funny. Let, let's, do the, let's do the Beatles, you know? And I said, well, which one? And she goes, well, don't they all sound the same? And I go, of course not. That's like saying that everybody from California sounds the same. Right. And she goes, she goes, well, what do you mean? So I said, well, you know, first there's John, you know, and John's voice was like through his nose and sort of sharp when he's when he talks, you know. Then there's Paul, and Paul's voice was always like lighter and more happy and more peppy Real and funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then there's George, and George always talks very slowly, like he was congested and had a cold or something. And then it was Ringo down there at the bottom, you know. So I said, so which one do you want? And she goes, let's try like Ringo. So I'm like, you know, hello, nurse, and this is Fabu, and I'm doing all these things. And then she showed me this picture of him, and he's just this little tiny guy. 
And I go, well, the little guy can have this big man's voice, you know. So I made his voice, I took the same thing and made it small, and that became Wacker. Oh, That's my gosh. And it wouldn't have happened without Andrea, you know. That's fantastic. Yeah, and without, pretty... like, that amount of tricks in your back pocket. Also. That's true, too. Yeah. Having the great. tricks. Yeah. Having the tricks. Well, you know, that's what I tell people, too. It's like, you know, people go, people say to me, it's weird because it's much more comfortable for me when people ask me what I do for a living to say I'm, I'm a singer. Mm-hmm. Because not everybody thinks they're a singer. But everybody thinks they can do voiceover. Right. right? Okay. And, 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 you know, probably a lot of them can. It's not like brain surgery, for God's sake. But you do have to have an affinity for it. And I'll say, I'll say you know, you got a lot of voices. They go, yeah, man, I do a great Homer Simpson. And I'm like, well, that's cool. But there already is a Homer Simpson. Yeah. Right. You know, can you, can you look at a picture of a dude and come up with something new? Because that's what you got to be able to do. And you got to be able to, when you go into a session and they say, yeah, we like what you're doing, but make him 10 years younger in Swedish. Right. You got You can't say, "Well, let me come back tomorrow." You got to mm. just do it. So. I mean, I'm just gonna put this out there. I'm a hitchhiking robot. I mean, <laughs> wait a minute, Cole. You're my long, long brother. This okay. is weird. <laughs> I want the top bunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. That's my go-to because what I do on days, which I have more often than I'd like to, where they just beat the crap out of me, dude. Because I have the only job in the world that says blood-curdling scream every day. Oh, every, yeah. Repeatedly. Those throat rippings, too. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. All day long. And and so I always joke that I say, well, by the end of the day, the only voice I'm going to be able to do is, oh, my gosh, I <laughs> wish I hadn't smoked so many cigarettes. You know, Because that's, that, that's all you get after seven or eight hours just screaming like yeah, a it's freaking, crazy. I, I did yeah. like I did a solo show where like I would just do these different impressions going through, and one thing was like, are you do doing impressions too? A little bit. And I did awesome. You know, Seventy Sam thing, and I was like, that's doing, a hard doing it once. Yeah, hurts your throat. Right. Mm. Going into a booth and doing it yeah. for thirty minutes in yep. a row oh. or more, I oh. can't imagine that. Dude, my buddy Maurice Lamarche is the new voice uh. of Yosemite Sam, and he always books those sessions on yeah. Fridays at the end of the day because he needs two days He's to bounce back. He's got to recover. Back. Yeah. Yeah. What's weird is sometimes voices that you wouldn't think would kill you kill you. Like I got. I do a ton of stuff as the Cowardly Lion from the Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. for all the ancillary products and whenever they bring Wizard of Oz stuff back. Yeah. And I was so excited about it because it's my favorite movie of all time. That's and you've my, got the vibe. That, well, the hair. Yeah. The hair helps. <laughs> exactly. The hair helps. I could, wouldn't be a very good tin man with this hair because it could all fit under <laughs> that little triangle thing he wears on his head. It would head. be coming out. <laughs> <of> <laughs> like He's sticking out the yeah. top of the funnel, man. But I mean, I never thought that, but, you know, doing this voice would be hot on me, but it is because it's all right here. That's everything you're saying. It's right there in the throat. <laughs> you know, it's like right. It's, it's all right there. And it's like I'm constricting my larynx so much that after like two hours, that again, it's like, oh my gosh, there's yeah, nothing. Right. <laughs> so I'm back to that again, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do first. Okay, we do this every podcast. It's a different first from life. We've done Sweet. 186 man. of these, so they're getting weird. Uh, what was the first computer game you can remember being into or playing? Oh my gosh, man. Pong. Yeah. Remember Pong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because one of my brothers, and I won't say who smoked a lot of pot, which I've never done, but he did, <laughs> and he had Pong on all the time in his room. It was fascinating game, man. Exactly. Like, dude, look <laughs> at this thing. And, and I'm like, and I thought it was sophisticated. You guys who don't remember what Pong was, how do you describe Pong, man? It's, it's like a shuffleboard it, game. Yeah, it's, but yeah. like, there's like three images moving, right? Like, this, yeah, yeah. There, there's two little paddles on the side that don't even look like paddles. They look like apostles. They look like those little dashes you put in yeah. between words. Yeah. Hyphens. They look like hyphens. And there's a little square ball that bounces from one side to the other. A 12 year old kid, if you gave them Pong now, would probably kill you. Because yeah. they're so used to like these, in, or know, would Final their Fantasy. mind be blown? Because it's That's like so it's, basic. It's like cool. <laughs> they think it was from caveman. Yeah, times, like, man. caveman That's game. The thing now it's like you know I played a lot of video games growing up and stuff like that, and the controls were always fairly simple on Atari or whatever, the joystick and a button. Right. Or That's like, all it was. Nintendo got a little bit harder. Like yeah. there'd be like two buttons yeah. and a directional pad, but then it started to get like there's, there's the L1, L2. The, oh, yeah. you know, like there's like eighteen and things now, happening. And now there's the books of cheat codes, dude. Oh yeah. You know, because I work on a lot of video games too. And people, people come to me and go, dude, if you ever made it to level three, I'm like, I've never made it to level one, dude. I don't even know how the thing works. I just, I just go in there and talk and they give me a check. That's like the right <laughs> age for all that stuff where like, you know, you had the cheat codes were like the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. Right. Yeah. like start where it's like you get unlimited lives and contrary. You don't have to worry about it. You die yeah. and you just reappear. Like that stuff was fun. <laughs> but the game control is fairly simple. And now it's just so complicated that like I just can't wrap my head around no, it. No, me neither. Kids get introduced to it so young that they can. It's yeah. Just yeah. amazing what they can do. Yeah, I just like, I like there's this one video game I mean I have an amazing uh, home home entertainment system and it's like playing video games on a movie screen so that's pretty badass but my only one I have a lot of them but the only one that I actually play is called Tekken okay and there's like six of them I remember that game yeah I got like Tekken 6 dude I don't know how any of it works 
But I beat the crap out of everybody because I'm just like hammering every button possible and I'm throwing people out of windows and doing like scissor kicks and spinning uh-huh. around. And like the nice thing about it too is that you can play something like that with your mom who you'd never in a million years raise a hand to and right. now you're just beating her up like crazy, man. So it's a, it's a great way to get out of any You're kind of reliving that yeah, when the, she made you one, talk to the 11-year-old? Exactly, the 11-year-old. I'm yeah. pretending it's him, Justin Bieber. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, man. You want me by 10.30, mom? How about 11? How about 11? <laughs> oh, she gave up on that stuff with me for a year. I was a handful. I'm sorry, Mom. If you're listening, I'm sorry for all those days back then, man. I didn't know what, I was doing. what was yours, Vanessa? What was your first yeah. computer game? The first thing I remember playing was um, Space Quarks. Space Quarks? Mm-hmm. And it was a I really remember early like Macintosh game, okay. you know, like black and green, that sure. whole look. Sure. And basically, you're like a little battleship on the ground, scooting left and right, shooting little, little bullets in the air yeah. as these sort of octopus-looking things come from space and are attacking and you're trying to shoot them down. Fantabulous. Really space liked works. it. Yeah. I'll nice. wait for that cool. the next Comic Con to get your nice. one. Oh, what about you, so dude? Much. I think it was probably Oregon Trail. If it wasn't that, then it was King's Quest. Those King's both Quest. around King's the Quest same was time. Cool. All the sure. Sierra games I liked a lot. Cause I remember There's that. an overarching plot, but there's things you could do on your yeah. own too to try to figure out. But when you would figure things out and yeah. move stuff forward, it was always... Oregon Pretty Trail great. was so fun. We would play that in class, like at, at part of as part of a period, like our yeah. computer lab time. Yeah. And I just remember everyone was so like amped for it. It really was a different time. Yeah, but, like, yeah totally. People would be amped for Oregon Trail. But when, but when the whole home video thing really started to hit, like in the mid '80s and stuff, my whole focus was on learning like the most effective way to twirl a microphone stand. <laughs> that was my whole mission, man. I just wanted to learn how to do like kicks that looked cool off an amp cabinet. And now, now it's paying off. And now it pay- there. see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So you never know, folks. Just Follow keep your Stupid ideas. Anything can happen. Let's do my question section. Okay. Do uh, it. We've done this with a lot of the voiceover people we've had on the show. I'm ready, man. It's hard not to. I'm ready. Uh, I'm going to give you some character quizzes for your characters. For Just, my characters? Yeah. Okay. So first up would be for Wacko. Okay. Should I do it in character then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Then let's go. What do you got? All right, Wacko. Uh, okay. Who is your favorite Beatle? If you oh, my God. One. Well, my favorite Beatle, I love all the Beatles, but I'll answer this truthfully as opposed to trying to be funny, has to be John. No. Uh, yeah, I love John because John, I mean, I love all of them really, but John wrote Strawberry Fields Forever and a Day in the Life, which are two of my favorites. And I also wrote, There are places I remember in my life, which is one of the greatest songs ever. So there you go. Cool. Uh, If you had a time machine, it could go anywhere in time. Where would you want to go? This is Wacko again? Yep. I'd want to go to the... Well, Wacko loves to eat because he packs away the snacks. So he'd probably want to go to opening day of the first McDonald's ever because the hamburgers were like a nickel and he could bring back 2015 money and bring like $50 and have 50,000 hamburgers or whatever that would translate to. So that would be my answer there. A nice. businessman at home. Yeah. One, more, yeah. one more for Wacko. Okay. If you could own anything as a pet, what would you want? Yakko. Yeah, yeah. Good answer. Good answer. All right. Uh, this next set of questions is for. Uh, is Rob, for, I love you, man. <laughs> next knows. set is for Grim Gloom. Oh, good. From okay. The 7D. Yeah, all right. Which, good. by the way, the voice cast for the 7D is like everybody. That Dude, we just won an award. It's we crazy. Best ensemble cast for Amazing. a cartoon or something. I know it's everybody's on everybody. that thing. It's nuts. 7D, you guys, if you haven't seen it, is it Disney XD? I think it's Disney yeah, XD. Yeah. Disney XD. It's like a reimagining of the Seven Dwarves, and it's uh, it's like the Seven Dwarves in a whole new way with a stellar cast of voice talent. And my character gets to be married to Kelly Osborne, which is so awesome ah. because I get to mess with her as her father. Not on the show, but when we're not recording, oh she always gosh. gets mad, but I still love to do it. So, <laughs> That's anyway, amazing. So, okay, so Grim Gloom, yeah, go ahead. Uh, what He's a, a really stupid warlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other uh, magic users do you look up to? Uh, the lady on Bewitch because she could twitch her nose, which I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you suddenly had unlimited piles of money, what would you do with it? Uh, I'd buy Kelly Osborne. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> what are you most scared of? Kelly Osborne. <laughs> All right, this next set is for Chili from Doc McStuff. Okay, wait a second. Got to get in character. Hey, guys, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. So and your little one probably watches this, right? Not yet, but I Not can't yet, wait. They will. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, who's your best friend? My best friend, Doc McStuffins, because she's a legally certified physician, and I am a hypochondriac. <laughs> if you were given a trip to anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Doc McStuffins' office, because she is a legally certified <laughs> physician, and I'm a hypochondriac. And what's the funniest word you know? Funniest word I know? 
Well, I'm scared of most words. I'd have to say the funniest word I know is funniest because it's right there. <laughs> it literally is. Finally, uh, this is for the sewer urchin from, oh, yeah. from the yeah. tick. By the way, another great audition story. Okay, folks? Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, because this, this ties in. Remember the tick was this crazy show. It was like a superhero parody show. Went on to be a live action show with my buddy Pat Warburton. It's great. Yep. But I went in to read for the sewer urchin, just like the wacko thing. Where, by the way, the reason, coming back, they'd only had one callback for the wacko thing. And this is, again, think outside the box because everybody was just doing, hey, I'm wacko, and doing yeah. crazy cartoon stuff. And I came in doing like this Beatle thing. And apparently Stephen heard it and he was listening to like the eight people they liked. And I was like number seven. And he goes, oh, that's funny. Get that guy. Because it was so weird. Well, the tick... Sewer Urchin was supposed to be this kind of nebbishy superhero who only really felt comfortable in the water and all this stuff. And it was right around the time of Rain Man. So I auditioned for it. And I don't know what I did for my first take. But I always try to do the first take that I think they might kind of expect and then a second take that I know they won't expect. And I thought, oh, what the hell? Mm -hmm. You know, like the line was, you know, Sewer Urchin, we've got to find the tick. And his, his response was, yeah, let's find the tick. Come on, everybody. Let's find the tick. And I went, yeah. Of course, definitely got to find the tick. Let's definitely, definitely find the tick. Yeah, the tick. Oh, very dangerous. Yeah. You know, and I'm doing this whole Rain Man <laughs> oh thing. Gosh. And I couldn't believe it when they called me and they said, you got it. And I'm like, with what? And they go, that Rain Man thing. And I'm like, it pays to be stupid, man. Uh-huh. I mean, look at that. So go ahead, the tick. The tick. All right. Yeah. So for the sewer urchin, you live in the sewer, but yeah. if you could live in any other location, where would it be? Yeah, of course, of course, definitely, definitely very comfortable in the sewer. Yeah, definitely know where the water supply is. <laughs> definitely know how to how to boil the food. And of course, of course, definitely wouldn't be comfortable in a new location. Got to stick with what I know. You did great. Now Vanessa's got some questions that are very different. Yeah. All right, Vanessa. Have you ever met questions? an Olsen twin? Oh my God! You know what's funny? E.G. Daly, who was a very accomplished voiceover yes. actress and a great person, I, she she looks she can do this face where she looks exactly like the Olsen twins. <laughs> so I haven't met the Olsen twins. God bless them, but I've met E.G. Daly, who I love. So I'm going to say a qualified yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a fair. Answer. We, we almost got her in. We did a better off dead episode a couple. Of oh, yeah. you got to get her in. So yeah. like, she's uh, great. Well, I'll have to ask her about that. I'll tell her how awesome. And you that's guys are uh, doing. really added to the cachet with me. If she can. Oh, she would have her make that face and then post a picture. Oh, mama. Oh, that'd be um, okay, if you had to turn one character from Seinfeld into a cartoon alter ego, like if you had to cartoonize one of them, who yeah. would it be? Oh, absolutely, Kramer. Yeah? Because Kramer's already a cartoon. In fact, I had a great thrill recently where I met Christopher Lloyd mm-hmm. for the first time. And, you know, he was kind of keeping to himself. And, you know, it's just kind of like hanging in the background. And I had to say something because I'm such a big fan of the guy. And I went over to him and I said, uh, I said, I just want you to know, man, I said that I, I, you're absolutely one of my heroes. And I said, and in my opinion, the three all-time greatest character actors on television were uh, Art Carney on The Honeymooners, you on Taxi, and Michael Richards on Seinfeld. And he goes, well, I'm glad to be in that company or whatever mm-hmm. he said. You know, it was right. very, very sweet. But it's like, I really meant that. And yeah. I think he, he goes, he goes, I agree. I agree. Good points. You know, so it was, it was cool. I so definitely got to go with Kramer, man. Good answer. Nice. Um, if you had to live as any one of your characters for the rest of your life, who do you live as? Oh, damn. Man. Well, see, the character I'd most like to be, and I've never gotten to be him, really. I was Captain Hero on Drawn Together, which is like the worst superhero ever. But I, I, got, I would love to be Superman, mm-hmm. but I've never gotten to be Superman. Because Superman, let's, let's face it, if you can fly, just that. Oh, yeah. yeah that's just that. You're going to be fine. Yeah, you're, then you're never going to, you know, you're going to get Just fly. Of, yeah, yeah. You, 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 I mean, the human bullet sort of flies. Yeah, but he flies out of a cannon <laughs> and ends badly all the time. Every single time. I was him, too. Yeah, he got injured too much, so I'm going to say no. Uh-huh. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back and go retro and say wacko because wacko could basically do anything. Think about yeah. it. He'd pop up out of a bag. He'd be at one place, then he'd be in another place. Great he attitude. Great attitude. Always happy. So, and he was British. Yeah. And I like oh, the British. Yeah. I have a hard time finding a bathroom sometimes. Though. Yeah, that's true. Well, the <laughs> emergency. But I, by the way, here's another fact for you guys to listen to when we're done the show tonight. Pop culture question. People ask me sometimes, they go, why was wacko British? And I said, I got a better question for you. They said, what's that? I said, why is there always a character in every space movie that's British? There's no Britain in space. I was, a, I was a robot in Transformers. I was British. Why would there be a British robot? It makes no <laughs> sense. In Guardians of the Galaxy, there's a British guy. There's Obi-Wan Kenobi is British. Why? Star Trek. It's Star yeah. Trek, okay? You got a Scottish guy yeah. there, for God's sakes. What the hell is going on? And, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, in space. But I guess those guys, they came from Earth. I'm talking about aliens themselves oh, being... The, like, you know, why would they have why they any British? earthly accent? Because they're cool. 
because oh. you get better tables at restaurants. Try it sometime. <laughs> if you call a restaurant and you go, yeah, hey, I'd like a table for Saturday night for two people, something nice. Uh, we're booked up. But then you call back and go, hello, yes, I'd, lo- I'd love to get a table on Saturday evening for me and a guest. And if you can put it by a window, I'd be so appreciative. It's not just the accent. You've got a lot going on with that uh, voice. Well, thank you. See, see thank you. That's Other people are going to be We got a table for you. Dinner's on us. Don't mm-hmm. worry about exactly. it. Exactly. Just, you know, so get whatever you just want. So well, oddly, if you do it in other accents, they're not nearly as the, the, the British right. thing, man. It's yeah, it romantic. Has a, it does have a little bit of a. See? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, like, like, I saw it. Yeah. Can much, I get you anything at all? Sir? See? That's what I, thank you, Vanessa. That's very <laughs> sweet. Pretty much everybody on TV now is like a Brit or an Aussie person because, like, you go to these Comic Con panels and they sit down and then it's always it's always yeah. an accent. I was like, oh my like, God. Like, everyone on Nashville is a European. Oh, Freddie Highmore on Bates Motel, who's like the best young actor anywhere. Yep. Total Brit, and you never know. And then it's so exciting, and I feel like that is something in the casting room where they do this amazing audition, and then they talk, and they're like, and you feel like they're an even better actor. Yeah, because somehow. Yeah. But then again, you know, it's funny. It was we as voice guys, we do it every day, but we just I don't think we're impressed with it because we just do it. Yeah, you're like, but when we see somebody else that. do it, yeah. like an on camera guy, we're like, wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> okay, who's your cartoon crush? A cartoon crush. Oh well, that that'd be easy because uh, the first gig that I ever had. Um, you know, the first major character gig, other than the, the ride stuff, was Roger Rabbit. So, Jeff, oh. I gotta go with Jessica because she was just too terrific. You know, yeah. You What's got, not to like with Jessica? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Plus, she had the gown with the sequins and she yeah, always the dressed look. The whole look, everything. Oh. She wasn't bad. She was drawn that way. Yeah, she was just drawn that way, man. Oh. Come on. Your final question. Yes, my final question. You have question. angered a wizard, and he's giving you an option between two punishments. Okay. Either First of all, this happens to me all the time. I right can now. only imagine. Because I, I go you're to You're playing Comic-Con. a warlock. Like, yes, I play a warlock. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're dabbling already in their I territory. Yeah, yeah. Um, either you have to dress as Captain Hook, velvet and all, and you lose a hand. Okay. And get a hook. Well, first of all, I'm already kind of close to that. But I so, know. I'm yeah. like, well, is it a punishment? The, the pirate thing. Just like, I'm pretty much a pirate. My brother calls me Captain forever. Rhinestone. And but going, velvet doesn't bleed. Ble- yeah, that's true. It doesn't know, breathe. breathe. Well. Yeah. But then again, I'm not in Florida. Go on. I'm listening. Okay. Sure. Or you have to sleep in a four by four box every night. Oh, the freaking pirate thing, dude. Even though you're losing a hand. Yeah, because I don't want to live in a box. There's no air conditioning in boxes. There's no like sure. little mini fridge. And I, I guess it would be screen. cool for your music career. That's too, the to thing too. Hook. Plus, look at it. Yeah, see, a hook. see, exactly. <laughs> a hook wouldn't yeah. be that bad. And and it's actually it wouldn't be that much of a change. Yeah. Because seriously, people now just see me. add a coat. Yeah, just add right. a coat, which I have at home. <laughs> I have coats to do. So so it would be a very small adjustment. The hook thing would take some getting used to. But other than that, it would be business as usual. Yeah, and that's all right. And a hat. I mean, I feel like you would look. I have a hat situation. exactly like that. So that's what I'm saying, man. It's perfect. It's a great hat. There you go. <laughs> you made it Too all easy. the way through, Jess. Dude, I made it all easy with my sidebars, and I appreciate no, you guys. Love the that's, that's what the this point. is all about. Yeah. That's really? the whole thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, people should follow. You're on Twitter. Yeah, even though, listen, by the way, I just got to say, I got to throw this in, dude. I, I don't have social media. So there was a while there was a guy with a page saying he was me. I had to get rid of that on Facebook. And on Twitter, I have a lovely girl who administers my Twitter page. So if you ask me questions and I don't answer, it's not that I don't love you. It's that I don't even know how to work it. Okay? Okay. So, so that's why. But go on. They can follow me on Twitter. Yep. The band's on Facebook. Rock yep. Sugar Band. There you go. You go there. Check that out. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, just type his name into a Google search bar. Or You'll find it on any cartoon. Oh. Oh my, you'll find them. Yeah. There's that's tons true. of stuff. Go in there. You can find me and everything. It's, it's awesome. You'll that's see. That's true. It. And um, say hi. We're on there too. Uh, at PMC Podcast is the podcast. By the way, what a great show. I got to just interject. Oh, what so a great much. show. Thanks, I do I do a lot of interviews with a lot of different shows and a lot of different outlets and stuff. You guys... Man, see, I didn't want to look at your sheets and, and every kind of preparation. Mm. What a fun thing. What a fun, like, uh, concept you have and the way you do it and everything like that. So kudos. It was oh, really a pleasure. So thanks, and, I, and I really enjoyed it. Really thanks. appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. And you were down to play, here. which is always really fun. <laughs> thank you. Of course, man. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being here, Jess. Uh, follow us on those services, too, at Cole Stratton. At Vanessa Ragland. I'm going to follow you podcast. both home, frankly. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. well, you're already here. <laughs> Make yourself Ooh, comfortable. Wow, fantastic. All right, you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.